All right. We did it here. Holy God. Let me add this, too. Oh, look this. at this. Look at us. Oh. Look at look at the look at the we that we are. Oh my goodness. Wow. That was every week is just a harrowing thing. We thought we were gonna have a show last week and then somebody got COVID. <laughs> how you feeling? Um, how am I? I'm switching us up here. We should be. Are you on the other side? There we go. Um, yeah, now we're good. over our own heads. Good, good. I'm good. I you know, it was I'm very fortunate that it was a, a mild case um and there was uh it was there was a lot of people who were pretend not a lot of people but you know there were people who were exposed at the same thing and nobody else got it except me so mm. you know <laughs> very, yeah no, we know that very goes. very fortunate to that it didn't wasn't a big deal but whatever you know it is a big deal this friggin show baby <laughs> you got it man we we are the biggest deal of big deals here this on this here big broadcast on the biggest of big broadcasts i have to tell you i love you in your hawaiian shirt i'm still getting used to your shorter hair uh you're at like a at like a palace it seems like yeah this is my home palace this is where i live man this is the the hearth of the home i love the home palace as opposed to the other palaces you have the turd palace <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly that um welcome to fan control fandom we did it this is we have done it three full minutes in and we're welcoming you to the show this is a show we have aptly titled this week locally we can talk about loki because we're going to talk about loki because we talk about all things in the cape space if your people are wearing capes we're going to talk about it loki used to wear a cape not so much anymore but no, you he know. just has a longish coat now he he looks his fits are spectacular. I got to say the thin ties, yeah. the little coats, here for it. It's 100%. the best palace in his low key local area. Well, well done, Freddie Airmail. <laughs> we, this is going to be a very pun filled show. Yeah. So cape space. If your if your character flies in the cape, if your character fights dragon in a cape, if your uh, character drives around a spaceship in cape, spaceship in cape. You know what? It's, you know, the brain is barely working. It's fine. Uh, we're going to talk about it. That's what, that's what we're going to do. Yeah, we're going to, we're just getting warmed up to talk about our favorite thing. Once we get talking about this stuff, Kenny's going to oh, be spinning like a top. Like a top. I do want to, before we get in, I want to say big, big, big announcement in the world of fan controlled sports and entertainment. Of course, there's the update to your app on the phone. Next weekend, you fan controlled racing is going to be premiering November 4th at the NASCAR race in Phoenix. I believe if you've already been voting, I believe they've already named the, uh, the, we voted on who was going to be driving the car. We were going to be voting on, there's going to be an actual fans picture on the car. <laughs> so it's pretty, pretty good. Awesome stuff. So make sure you download the app, get in there and get involved. I've never, watched a nascar race but if you fan control it i'm in you, you know i am a, a fan of auto racing of course famously on the big broadcast here but famously. typically typically my fandom is constrained to the open wheel series of racing uh I know. Your, your formula series uh your indie car the like um but you know for the for the brand for for the uh the big the big brand i will absolutely be tuning in that's let's go i love we got some more puns from freddie airmail <laughs> 
coat is a little more low key in terms of Loki's uh, outfit. Fantastic. What if my spaceship has a cape? We'll talk about it. We'll talk about your space. If your spaceship has a cape, my first question is that thing is not going to last very long. No, it's going to burn burn up. Thing is going to blow right off. (laughs) But unless that's Cape Canaveral. Hey, hey, that's true. You know what else is true? Quick hits baby we got to get those quick pieces of nerd news we got to play the stinger live here it comes quick, quick, quick absolutely absolutely it takes like a on my end it takes a good like three seconds for it to start playing in my ears because of the delay that i have but and so there was this brief space where you weren't talking and you could hear it and all i could hear was a baby crying so you know hey <laughs> <laughs> welcome what if that was what you heard every time you played the stinger? Like, was just a, a baby, baby crying again. A baby, damn it! Another baby cry. Um, uh, we are uh, we are into the hundreds of the days of the SAG after strike. Um, so uh, yet again, stuff is not really getting into production. We're at the table this week. We'll see. They they're they're quote unquote optimistic. I'll believe it when I see it. So, you know, we're still kind of operating under the auspices of nothing's in really in production yet. There are things that are writing and there are things that are definitely not happening, which we're going to talk about. But first and foremost, Alex, did you watch, we talked about this on the last show, did you watch the color version of Werewolf by Night? I have not yet. I'm going to wait a little closer to Big Ghost Night to do it. Well, then let's not, I put it on the show list. Let's not talk about it until next week. I will tell you. I will tell you, I have watched it, and it. If you, we, this is something that we both enjoyed. The black and white version was something that we both enjoyed, and I tell you what, they put it in color. Guess what? Still good. Oh, all right. Still I will, good. I will and be checking it out. It's fun. They definitely. Whereas, like, um, if you are like, I, I'm not a big horror guy. Horror. Let's get that a double next that extra R in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big syllable. So it's a two syllable word. I, I would say I do like horror movies. I tend to be more of the like um, traditional. I love like 80s, 70s, 60s stuff. I love, I don't love the just like how gruesomely can we murder people types of horror movies. Although I do like the most recent Scream movies have been really fun. Anyway, with this, with the black and white version, they were clearly doing like one kind of thing. The color movie, they are definitely pushing more of like um 60s 70s kind of hammer movie if you know who the hammer was a, a studio out of england that made a bunch of uh scary movies it's great highly recommend it watch it we'll move on to the next piece of news which <laughs> guess what we got some aquaman news good 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 can't get enough of it aquaman this is something i just i just read this just happened today so um i have some other news we we're gonna talk about aquaman too but we just <laughs> Aquaman 2 has just moved its release date. The James Wan-directed superhero sequel is swimming to a new release date with the film opening on Friday, December 22nd instead of Wednesday. This is not news. This is one of these deals where I click on it because I'm like, ooh, it dropped. I'm just going to click on the headline real quick and we'll talk about it. And then it's not news. Like moving it two days is not like spoiler alert. I thought they were moving it until next year or something. That's not that's not. That's not news. Here given, is some given, news. Given what we know about this production so far, it wouldn't be unexpected to move oh, to like 2026 or whatever. 100%, 100%. Well, here we go. This is the other news that I have. Uh, James Wan, the director of Aquaman 1 and 2, 
he explains why Ben Affleck's Batman won't appear in the movie. We have oh, talked good. about it. We've talked about it on the podcast before, and you've explained it. You've detailed it that originally he was not in the movie. Originally, Michael Keaton was in the movie. They then scrapped that and then famously shot some stuff with Ben Affleck. I love this person who just says, WTF are these whack jobs on? I'm on life, baby. I'm a high on life. I'm on <laughs> a proton pump inhibitor that helps to not only control my acid reflux, but to uh, heal some of the esophageal damage done by uh, rampant what do you want, stomach acid. What do you want, pantoprazole? Because I'm on that too, baby. I'm, I'm, I'm on, on protonics, baby. Oh, I'm on pantoprazole every day. Stay tuned for more of reflux talk. <laughs> This is what you. This is what you've wrought by dis dis railing us. You've you yeah, wrought. This is you did this. reflux talk. You did you did this. It's your fault. <laughs> so lean and mean, lean and mean, baby. So, but so then Affleck was famously coming back. They like posted the Instagram a video of like Jason Momoa knocking on the door and Affleck coming out and being like, "Here he is!" And then all of a sudden, psych, he's no longer in the movie anymore. <laughs> So they've shot two different stuff with two different Batmans. James Wan said recently uh, when speaking to Empire said that he was asked if Ben Affleck's Batman might still make the cut. And he said, probably not. All I'll say is that those scenes were just to have something in the bank in case we needed to explain time continuity. If we came out first, what a world, what a world we live in where you can spend millions upon millions of dollars I can't imagine Affleck's like fee isn't like at least $10 million to do like a day's worth of shooting <laughs> to shoot it just in case. Like that's come on, bro. That is like the, you're just lying. Let's let, there's no way that that's what's actually happened. No, that was not a, it's not a, a nice to have, you know, it, it, it <laughs> this is clearly like, you know, notes from different regimes as, you know, executives shift, as teams shift around, that there's clearly like a mandate that he's been trying to fulfill uh, this whole time. And, uh, you know, I think it's unfortunate, you know, it's 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 insane, especially like if they if they were if it was actual Batman stuff, like not Bruce Wayne, if he was like a Bruce Wayne thing. OK, maybe it's not like it like that wild to have you know, Ben Affleck come for the day. But if you had him get all up in the suit and get all sweaty in that thing, I'd be a little PO'd. I'd be a yeah. little PO'd. Same, same here. You know, as much as I, you know, the dream come true of getting to play like Batman, I'm sure like week three, you're like, get me out of this. <laughs> week <GD> three suit. <laughs> <laughs> I would feel like after day one, you'd, you know, like, okay, we're just going to do some light running, okay? And we can we can have your stunt double come in, but we got to get you a couple close-ups. And you're just like, okay, yeah, sure. And then, like, take three, you're like, is it just this hot? Like, is that, <laughs> is that how this kind of, op is this how it is at, like, all times? Oh, it, yeah. It, oh. Yeah, if they, they peel the thing off at the end of the day and your nipples go with it. And <laughs> that's, why they, that's why Schumacher had to put him on the suit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all good all good so great you know what else is great this is something that the aquaman 2 i just we've said it on this podcast many times just like quietly release it and let's move on that's all we don't need to like announce that we're moving it two days closer to christmas so we can give you know people coal in their stockings let's just let's just release it on you know max and just 
wash our hands with it. Um, yeah. We got a Harry and the Hendersons this thing. Drive it up to the forest, push it out of the car, throw a couple rocks at it. Go on, get out of here. Beat Amaz- it. We amazing don't want you anymore. Reference. Amazing reference. That's one of those movies that HBO, when they only had like six movies to show in the late 80s, that's one of the movies. I've seen Harry and the Hendersons probably 70 times. Yeah, um, you remember the TV show? Oh, yes. I've, I've, yes, absolutely. Who was it? It wasn't like Howard Hessman instead of the John Lithgow because you can't get John Lithgow to do a TV show. No. Uh, but you could, a- you could about five years later, Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah, but that crucially, the difference being uh, the Harry and the Henderson show, I believe, was syndicated. So lower, yes, money, it was hundred percent prestige. Yeah. Third yeah. Rock from the Sun. You know, they they're like, we got Jane Curtin. You they know, got that like, NBC money, baby. Yeah, that NBC Universal money. Here's a franchise that I admittedly love and i might be the only person in the world who loves these the person who wrote these all of these movies is a world-renowned garbage person and that's of course is um why am i i'm absolutely blanking on her name like it's the woman just who wrote, kidding rowling jk i, I kept not want to say jrr tolkien but i know it's not that <laughs> jrr rowling jk rowling who uh you know again full-blown garbage person but she wrote the scripts for the, these movies, the Fantastic Beast movies. I am a, I do not know why. I know in every capacity, these movies should not be working. I love them. I just absolutely love these. Because you movies. like Jude Law. I do love the Jude Law. And and the Jude Law, and they recast Johnny Depp as Mads Mikkelsen in the most recent one, Fantastic Beasts. And what was the most recent one? Secrets of Dumbledore. And how to and how to get slapped up by him in the guts? Yep, exactly. That's that's the full title. Um, I just I don't know why I really enjoyed the movies. Uh, David Yates, not to be confused with our good friend Dan Yates. David Yates, who uh, yeah, they, directed, turns out they're separate people with different names. Yes, um, the he directed the last three Harry four Harry Potter movies, and then directed all of the Fantastic Beast movies. He is out promoting his first non-magic related film called Painkillers that he directed for Netflix starring uh, Emily Blunt and Chris, the, the Chris Evans, Captain America himself. Hmm. He he's out talking about, you know, doing the junkets because, you know, the, the stars can't do them. So he's out doing the junkets because the movie comes out on Netflix today. And he specifically said. We are all so proud of Fantastic Beasts. And when it went out in the world, we needed to sort of stop and pause and take it easy. So he is officially saying that there is a pause in these movies. Would it have something to do with the fact that The Secrets of Dumbledore made half as much money globally as the first one did? I don't know, probably. But does it have something to do with the fact that J.K. Rowling is a full-blown garbage individual? Also, possibly as well. Maybe could be a little bit as well. I think, I think the more they can distance the IP from her, the better. And I think it's, you know, and they clearly want to. They oh they yeah, need, I mean they need is, to pull this stuff. Billion out of Harry do- this is a billion dollar baby. They gotta they gotta get that. They gotta pull that money from that thing. The the you know I think that part of why these aren't working and what they're I I saw some conversation online around this that they had this like Fantastic Beasts sort of because there was that Fantastic Beasts book about all the magical creatures or whatever right yeah it's very i mean it's very it's just like this is an animal this is what it does it's not there's no there's no narrative to it right but so they in instead of just letting that series develop they also wedged uh dumbledore versus 
the other guy into that Grindelwald. Should, yeah, they that should have been these people were positing that should have been its own story. That should have been its own kind of through line of movies or whatever. And I think that because these are coming out in the pre HBO Max world where like the lines with the IP are a little more fluid or whatever. Um, I think that's why they felt like they had to load this franchise with so much stuff, especially in the second one. And like, you know, you know, if that if that movie was more successful, I, I imagine they couldn't be stopped from making a new one. Well, of course. And well, they it was originally announced when the first one is that they were going to make five of them, which Yates in that same interview somehow was like, oh, I had no idea we were going to make five of them like come on, bro. Like, just like, like, do you don't read anything? You really like, you make your movie and you don't read it. There's like been hundreds of articles like every time, like, oh, it's the second of the fifth films. Like, and you're right. The second one they did load up with a bunch of stuff because I felt like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what their goal was with these films. I do think you're right. with the HBO max of it all, these, a lot of these would have worked really well. as like a limited series or something because the world is rad. I think that's kind of why I really like these something about like 1920s, early thirties, like magic, but like taking the things that we know and putting it in like another, we go to France, we go to America, like just seeing different things that use this kind of Harry Potter stuff that we know. Maybe that's just why I like it. I don't know. I just like it. I, I think it's easier also sometimes to connect with what's going on because you're following adults. It's not a movie series about I hate children. Kids. This is yeah. true. You, if you know me and you know me well, I truly, truly hate children. What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. I have one. I have a kid. Yeah, that's true. Well, they, yeah. they can both be true, though. This is true. This is true. I always say that I like, I like parenting my child, but I don't necessarily love parenting. Yeah. <laughs> I, and I always tell everybody, I like your kid, but yeah. not kids. <laughs> hey, I look, I I get it. I very much get it. Somebody who definitely gets it, or is at least getting it in terms of work, is Sean Levy. See that transition? What? Sean Master. Levy, of course. Everybody, big ups to Kenny for that mad transition. That was insane. That's why this is the big broadcast. If you're why, if you know Sean, Sean Levy is basically Ryan Reynolds's director. He is currently directing, waiting to, for this strike to end so he can finish Deadpool three. He directed the Adam Project. He directed Free Guy. Directed a bunch of stuff. He uh, is. I will get to the next project he's tagged, which I did not know. But this news just broke in an interview. He was talking about Deadpool three. And I think it's, you know, goes without saying that Deadpool 3 is going to have a lot of cameos based because we are bringing we're bringing Deadpool into the uh, into the MCU. There's going to be just all kinds of stuff going on. And he was talking about uh, how easy it was to get people. He said, yeah, what blew my mind is how easy some of these cameos have been. People love Deadpool. People love Ryan. Thankfully, people also seem to like my work. They know that Ryan and I are in a groove of creative brotherhood that is unique and seems to be working. So the proliferation of casting rumors around my movie, because there's so many, that's imp impossible to know what's real and what's made up. So, I mean, I think by saying that, default is there's going to be a lot of cameos in this movie. <laughs> Taylor Swift is going to be in it. And Kelsey. I, I heard that Travis Kelsey is going to like take a head off Hugh Jackman, <laughs> slam it down onto the ground, <laughs> say touchdown, and then we're going to cut away to Taylor Swift. He's in a box going like, yay, giving a high five to, <laughs> what's his face, Kyler Murray's wife. 
Yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, whatever. You know, I don't. <laughs> if they're not playing football in Canada, Kenny doesn't know about it. If they're not playing in Canada or if I can't vote on it on my app, I don't care. Um, <laughs> I actually did watch some of that game. I did watch some of the Chiefs Chargers game. Um, I should know better, but I also shouldn't. So who cares? Um, right. I don't know. Deadpool 3. Uh, we're excited for it. I'm, I mean, just off the top of your head, what's like the craziest cameo you could think would be in Deadpool 3? I mean, already Jennifer Garner being Electra again in this thing is pretty wild. That's well, like, if you're gonna go that far, let's just say Ben Affleck's gonna be Daredevil. Why not? I mean, she she is going. She's been cast. She's going to be in the movie. I know. I know she's gonna be in the movie. Why, why why not just say that Ben Affleck's gonna be in it too? I just feel like if you're in a Fox, if you're in a Fox Marvel movie, let's just assume you're in Deadpool three because you can. But I, that like for the first time, I am excited about it. I, although I was excited about Deadpool pool two not because of the character because the character to me is kind of meh but especially with deadpool 2 introducing so many comic book characters cable shatterstar like all these like you know when they make these big swings and have domino. a bunch of different yeah exactly like i love that portrayal of domino but yeah i love zazzy beats that's great they've got they've got this like wackadoodle meta thing that they're trying to do like i we're gonna see a whole bunch of guga it's gonna be a lot of fun i think we love our guga I love, yeah, I, I was like, I'll see Deadpool too. Cause I liked, you know, again, some of the people they were bringing on, but then when they showed Rob Delaney, just basically playing Rob Delaney, I was like, yep. Here's 100%. My money. Yeah. Take my money. Thank you very much. Uh, I bring up Sean Levy because he also apparently is making a star Wars movie. That was, that was something <laughs> he talked about as well. This is something that I don't know if it's been formally announced. I don't know, but he said when Kathleen Kennedy brought me on to make a Star Wars movie, her central mandate to me was, I want a Sean Levy. I don't know if it's Levy or Levy, but whatever. Let's say it's Levy. I want a story in a tone that reflects you and your tastes and what you bring to your movies with a Star Wars story. So that's apparently, it was put on hold a lot because of the writer's strike, but he can now start working on it. But I guess we can assume that Ryan Reynolds is going to be in a Star Wars movie? I love it. I'm into it. Let's do it. Yeah, if if you is Ryan Reynolds playing a uh, a force user or is he like a Sith? What what's the ideal place to see? What's the, how you're moving? You're moving Ryan Reynolds on the Star Wars chessboard. What's he doing? Two Gungans, a girl, and a pod race. <laughs> Love it. Just a sit. Just a just a sitcom. Yeah, and that's all they're doing. Jenna Here, Ellis I'll stars. I'll take you something even. I'll 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 get real wild. Jenna Ellis. What am I saying? Jenna Elfman. Jesus. Elfman. Jenna Elfman. Um, why not just uh why don't you just cast him as Kanan Jarrus done? I know, I know Freddie Prince should play him in live action, but I mean, can you imagine Kanan Jarrus like turning to Ezra and being like, Hey, look, it's my uh it's my Padawan who I, I can't I can't do the like Deadpool level language on Twitch anymore. <laughs> Oh, that's true. Yeah, you can't say, uh, my Padawan, your head looks like a, and then fill in the blank with yeah. all sorts of profanities, you know? Yes, fill in the blanks with profanity. That's, Imagine something that's that, like, else. something edgy that was, like, kind of gross, yeah. like, you know? Yeah, exactly that. Um, I got one more piece of news that is not really news in the cape space, but I just read this and was like, let's, let's give at least three minutes to this. Apparently, Jean-Claude Van Damme... <laughs> I love me some JCVD. The original Predator. He he was the original Predator. Thank you. He so yes that we are in the cave space because Predator I feel like is definitely cave space. It's flying a ship. It's all kinds of stuff. 
And it wears a cape in some of the uh, iterations of it. Ultimately Jean played by the same guy who played Harry and Harry in the Hendersons. Sorry. <laughs> Bang. Jean-Claude Van Damme says that Steven Seagal once passed on a $20 million payday to fight him. Action icon Jean-Claude Van Damme said Steven Seagal once refused to fight him in Las Vegas with $20 million on the line. They were having an idea to have a fight between me and Steven at the Mirage. $20 million each. He didn't take the fight. I mean, that is money well spent as far as I'm concerned. I'd love to see him. I'd pay $20 million to watch him fight now. Yeah. I, I mean, you can see plenty of TikTok videos of him fighting. They, they just send a... Uh, like 25 Russian guys after him single file and he does these hop keto flips of them. Uh, it's pretty sweet. I think, I think that it would be fun to watch Jean-Claude Van Damme watch the expression on his face as he, as he's, as he realizes he's brutalizing this man unnecessarily and stops out of like pity for Steven Seagal. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there, I cannot Steven arm Seagal you any more than you have armed yourself. Steven Seagal stopped being physically able to maneuver like gracefully through space 20 years ago. So the idea I I've, he walks around now, like all those videos you see are all Russian propaganda. <laughs> like he's always right. like standing still and they cut to the wide shot. And it's like another guy with just, they put a ponytail on him doing all the moves. <laughs> um, but he, he walks around as if he's somebody who has like several vertebrae fused together. So I can't imagine a world where like that. Yeah. I feel like JCVD would decimate him. It would what just I, be, it would be brutal. Yeah. I, 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 my hope would be that he would, he would take Steven Seagal's hand and make him hit himself until he promised to stop saying all foreign words in an accent, but not that foreign words accent a different one that is just an accent uh you watch in an interview with the guys like uh we were up in the uh himalaya and um, <laughs> we, we were doing karate with some of the sherpa and like <laughs> what do you do he uh he used talk to, to your hairline there used to be a show that was arguably one of my favorite shows ever created i think it was on amc or something I guess for whatever reason, Steven Seagal was like an honorary member of the New Orleans Police Department. That's right. And he used to like, I think in the same level that like Shaq was a cop in Miami. Like I do think like he didn't like consistently walk a beat, but then they had him like walking a beat with like a camera and stuff. And every interview, his accent was like as if he was like, just got off the shrimp and boat and was born and raised in the bayou. He would just be like, you see, we're about to take these people out back and we're about to interview them to find out if any one of them has drugs. I was like, get out of here. Oh boy, it's a hot one out here. Like yeah, basically, 100%. Steven. Hey, uh, and he'd he pull people over and be like, hey, get off the drugs. And be like, are you Steven Seagal? I watch all your movies. I was just watching one of your movies last night. And I'm like that. Don't lie. Don't lie. Yeah. yeah. Or actually, probably if you're getting, yeah, probably they were. You know, probably they were. It, well, it, he's he's such a this guy. He's such a joke. He's such a like a unfunny. Look look up his album Songs from the Crystal Cave. Oh yes. Uh, listen Absolutely. to the reggae track where he says the word <laughs> uh, punani, but he says it with that accent that he does for any foreign word. Uh, it's very. 
it's very <laughs> oh, for, man. For, you know what as a as a musician he's a brilliant martial artist <laughs> <laughs> you know what and now we just cursed him because his music his album is going to get the famous fan controlled fandom bump oh yeah everybody 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 all the fans like storming that album it's gonna be like oh man do i need, do I need to put out another album welcome bump, to number one town stevie I got a bump in sales. Uh, we did it. Quick hits. Done. Bang. I'm, I'm adjusting Quickly. my stage picture. I'm I'm like, I'm doing something else here with my camera angle and my shot. Because look at you. Look at me. That's fun. I I'm like going to open here. a, you give me two seconds. I'm going to open well, a window. I'm gonna this give is going you, all here's out. What, here's what we're doing. This is the time of the show. We're on the Fan Controlled Sports Entertainment Network. Uh, fan Controlled Sports Entertainment uh, Twitch feed. You can listen to the podcast on the Fan Controlled TV podcast feed. Um we every week give one piece of sports news. I'll give my piece of sports news and just say my favorite sport, the National Basketball Association, tipped off on Tuesday night. The Lakers. Worse. Everything's worse now. Lakers. What I'm trying to fix is now. I know, but worse. let me finish my news now. Let the Lakers uh, lost their home opener, not their home opener, the season opener to the Denver Nuggets. Kudos to them for getting their rings, but also I don't like you because you beat the Lakers in the Western Conference and finals and you beat the Lakers to kick off the season. However, we got it back last night with a win against the Phoenix Suns, who of course were playing without their two best players, but I don't care. A win is a win. Alex, what's your piece of sports news? Well, controversy in the paddock last weekend after Sir Lewis Hamilton, Mercedes-Benz driver, and Ferrari driver Charles Leclerc were both disqualified after post-race inspections of their cars revealed that a uh, safety mechanism had been worn down past the uh, allowable boundary. Now, uh, briefly, every Formula One car is fitted with a plank of resin that runs the entire length uh, of the floor of the car. Okay. Uh, some of these are monitored afterwards to see how much wear uh, has taken place on the plank over the course of the race. This is to monitor that the cars are all at a safe ride height for the drivers. Uh, so since both the Ferrari uh, car driven by Leclerc and the Mercedes car driven by Sir Lewis Hamilton uh, were both found to have been at a too low a ride height over this very rough course, um, both men were taken out of contention from second and sixth place respectively, uh, which bumped my guy, Lando Norris, up to second place. Uh, this is his fourth podium in a row. Uh, this is all good news for the McLaren team, who seems ascendant and uh, well on their way to surpassing early season favorites, Aston Martin, uh, to be the kings of the midfield. Kenny, back to you. Oh, man, that is a lot of words strung together in ways that I do not understand. But I, for open wheel racing lovers, I'm sure they understood everything you said perfectly. None of it meant anything. It's all <laughs> nothing. I'll tell you what is what means a lot is the work that you do every week to bring us amazing corporate underwriting, amazing sponsors to our show. I'm I'm really excited to hear uh, who our uh, corporate sponsor is for the show this week. Well, it's it's going to do both your wallet uh, and your heart some good because this week's sponsor, this week's corporate underwriter, Sandy's Pet Rescue, um, oh. they, you know, far too many rescue agencies focus on just cats or dogs or even specific breeds within those two classes. Here at Sandy's Pet Rescue, we help every kind of animal find a forever home. So they just oh. wanted to showcase some of the animals that are available for adoption right now. Uh, they First up is Flip. He's a calico cat. He's missing an eye, but he's very sweet, and he loves kids. Uh, nice. Next is Abigail. She's a gecko. She's about two years old, and she loves to eat freeze-dried grubs. 
Okay. And third is Roger Wilson. He's a former cell phone salesman. He's a Pisces, and he gets along really well with dogs and cats. Warning, Roger Wilson is not housebroken. So those are some, <laughs> of the, some of the pets you can – some of the animals you can rescue from Sandy's Pet Rescue, where every animal <laughs> – can find a forever home and so roger wilson is is a person is a human because humans are animals humans are a kind of animal and he just, they are he's just, he's just looking for a forever home uh, <laughs> rescue he's just looking for i love a calico cat you know what i love more than a calico cat a jellical cat oh jellical cats are jellical cats when they're cats and they're jellical cats that's that's the song that from musical. cats that Jellicle you... songs for Jellicle cats. Jellicle songs for Jellicle. I look. I don't want to. I will go. We we will t end up talking about cats for the whole rest of this show. I will just say one. I will say a real quick story, and then we'll get into talking about Loki episode four, because locally we can talk about Loki. Um, can't talk about Bruno. We can talk about Loki. Um, we have uh, season tickets to the Pantages. They had one season where it was a bunch of revivals. Uh, recently, they brought back Cats on Broadway back in like 2017, and they were like advertising it as this is the show from the 80s. They made like no updates. It was just the show. And I guess my wife had seen it several times growing up, had the album, knew all the songs. We start watching this show. It's exactly, you know, synth synth explosion and <laughs> and cats mm -hmm. are like running down the aisles and it's just like jellical cats. And we're watching the show about 30 minutes in. I just turned to my wife and I go... Wait, so is this show just like a cat? Like, here's this cat, and then we sing about that cat, and then then we sing about another cat, and she's like, "Yes, there's yeah, it's just it's just cats. That's all it is." And I'm like, "Amazing." That's why I was so floored when the movie came out. People were like, "This has no plot." I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> so does the Broadway show. <laughs> I will. I will to piggyback on that very quickly. There's a famous interview with I think it's Hal Prince. Uh, and he's, famous Broadway he, legend Hal Prince. He's saying how the first time he talked to Andrew Lloyd Webber about cats, he he he'd seen it, he'd seen a workshop of it or something while they were putting it together, and he's really trying to draw the meaning out of it. He was like, "Is this is this a Proust thing? Is this a are you talking about the nature, the divination of a?" He was all this philosophical stuff, and he comes to Andrew Lloyd Webber with it and is trying to say, "So were you trying to make this comment or that comment?" And he says, "Andrew Lloyd Webber looked at me and said, Hal, it's just cats,' and we never <laughs> talked about it again." <laughs> It is. But yeah, it just is. And it's it is just cats. Like another cat comes in and they sing to old Deuteronomy and then he's done. And then we sing to another cat and then we sing to another cat. And then we're a little scared about this other cat who's Idris Elba. And then we talk about that cat and that's it. And it's just amazing. I love it. Idris Elba I, should have played Grizabelda. Yeah. Oh my God. Memories. He would have killed that. Anyway, let's oh. talk about Loki. Let's do it. <laughs> Loki. That episode four here we go i'm going to give you the week i already see i came prepped i have all my tabs open on my computer um uh here's the wikipedia recap thanks to the good people at wikipedia so we know that this is 100 true and factual episode four titled heart of the tva written by justin benson and aaron moorhead they will have written the next three episodes directed by eric martin and Catherine blair miss minutes reveals that renslayer was once he who remains partner and commander of his army before he who remains ordered her memories erased along with everyone else's 
As the temporal loom reaches catastrophic failure, Loki and his allies attempt to use Victor Timely and OB's throw-put multiplier to fix it. But Renslayer, Miss Minutes, and Wolf attempt to thwart them to take the TVA for themselves, kidnapping Timely, pruning D-90, and killing Docs and her men when they refuse to join them. In the midst of the conflict, Loki encounters his time-slipping self and prunes him. Obi deactivates Miss Minutes and the dampener is preventing Sylvie from using her magic, enabling Sylvie to enchant Wolf, who prunes Renslayer. Obi deactivates Miss Minutes. I, I did not put that together. Okay. Timely is able to unlock the temporal loom, but the temporal radiation disintegrates him. It does not disintegrate him. He turns into freaking spaghetti. Before he can launch the throughput multiplier, the temporal loom explodes and everyone is engulfed in the blast. Blast wave as it spreads throughout the TVA. Alex... What did you think of the episode? I had such a great time. This show is so much fun. And, you know, I think with the, it's a shining example of like the original Marvel mandate, which is, you know, let's give you gourmet cotton candy. You know, mm. it's, it's, it's hoo-ha, it's a dessert, but we're going to make sure that every piece of it is without pulling from that escapist dessert thing we want, that every single aspect of it will be as top notch as we can make it and still fit with the tone of what we're doing. Like it struck me that, that I'm watching my comic books now. I haven't been a single issue buyer for quite a while, but I'm keeping up with my continuity here. I am mm. watching Sylvie and like these new characters that I like and stuff. And I think it's so good. I mean, it, the one thing is it is a, it's a little ticky tacky and dense sometimes. Uh, but I can appreciate that it, in it, in a way, it's the kind of thing that makes me want to watch it again. And I have, I've, I've rewatched all of the, uh, the initial Ooh. three episodes, uh, so far. I haven't rewatched four yet. Um, it just came out last night. I mean, I would be amazed if you'd watched it twice. It's an hour long. It's an hour of, ep it's an hour long, uh, episode of television. Kenny, I'm, I'm making time over here, baby. I, I don't know uh -oh. what to do with myself, but, uh, no, I, I, I'm not. I'm, I don't know what that I means. No, I, don't even I have know what it no means. free. I have no free time. Well, you're a, you're an actual person. Hey. Uh, I I uh, yeah. I'm I'm such a big fan of what they've been doing here. And once again, I think I think we've commented as well that it continues to be a very bright spot amidst some wavery sort of material of late from the MCU stuff we liked, but stuff that was like clearly still sort of coming out of the mud of covid and team changes and refreshers or whatever and i think yep. this is a, like a nice breathable moment yeah absolutely i like this episode a lot too i i have some questions here and there but um and i have some ideas as to where i think this might be going as to why this episode played out the way it did but as just like an overall feeling about the episode i thought it was i thought it was a lot of fun um i always feel like when we're in the tva i just feel like we're we're in good hands like whenever stuff is happening in the tva i feel like it's always working because right. it's it's always has to be these really contained things like you know this show anytime the show the show literally when it tried to venture out of the tva it, it killed someone so like it's <laughs> it's uh anytime we're in that space it's kind of forcing us to just deal with either character or immediate plot and i feel like that's that's a 
better formula for this format. We talked about why this works so well is because it is a TV show. Like we, you know, I think we always keep pushing back to <laughs> Secret Invasion because it was just the thing we got before. And I think Ooh. we liked it. But when you look at it comparatively to this and you're trying to do something on like that show had an episode of like an attack on the a president of the, they tried to kill the president, Dermot Mulroney. And um, it was just like a string of like 12 cars and like an open field. And I don't know if that's a COVID thing or a choice or whatever, but you know, it's like that when you're out in space, it doesn't, it, I don't know when you compare it to just like the literal all of time is collapsing, but we're in these little fun, goofy sixties looking offices. It somehow feels more urgent. You know what I mean? Well, and it, and two, it's, it's so much more of a world. Yes. It, it's so much more lush and, mm -hmm. you know, Loki is TV that feels like a movie and secret invasion was TV that felt like Mobisodes and the, the, the wires look, I'm, I, I don't I don't fool myself that Loki has no executive interference or whatever. Of course. If there's the same amount of BS that they've had to put up with doing Loki that they did with Secret Invasion, they're hiding it way better. Oh. Because yeah. the the wires were so it, just bad choices all around. I think there's a lushness to how they shoot Loki and those environments that they art direct that you couldn't ever achieve in Secret Invasion um, just because of your your setting. Uh, and that's not a fault of the story, I guess. But even when they had moments where they could have injected some visual awe, they really fell short. And yeah. Loki Loki just isn't that. Uh, yes. I, I, think, I think it's a big lesson for them. Everything, every, you can tell that time and effort went into everything like you know whether or not things work is subjective but like even like i mean good lord that scene i was gonna say i wrote in the notes like if you loved death then you right this is the episode for you there was a lot of people died in this episode well i'll i'm gonna put it in quotes because i have a theory um died but you know we don't even need to see oh, this thing boop 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 <laughs> What are you come doing to, over there? Come to the Twitch stream to watch me struggle with my wind sock. I believe that's what this is called. Mm. Anyway. That's what they used to call me them, in high school. The wind sock. That's what you are. When you got in the pool, baby, you just you swam. Oh, we good? Live wire, baby. You are right. Live wire. Um, yes. But, you know, the, you know, in there's so much attention put to every single thing. Like, we have no idea how this weird thing that you pull on and it's got a diesel it got a gas engine but yet it somehow collapses you into a tiny box we saw that in the interrogation of wolf and we didn't see it but you know everybody of docs's people all got crushed by that thing and but making that choice we have that you know the room the lighting that like you know that like every single piece of that the costumes everything in that whole scene was meticulously thought out was meticulous done there's an intentionality to everything like again whether it works or not that's up to the viewer but they're putting a definite like there is a definite fingerprint that is mm -hmm. there and i think in terms of directors like this is a show that you can walk in on and when you're directing a show episode of television and you're not the creator of the show 
you're kind of given like guidelines is like, this is how the, you know, the general look of the show is. This is kind of like shooting styles that we tend to go for. This is how we like to shoot this and that. If you, you know, you can have some creativity here, but we kind of like to keep consistency and like that show, you get the like book of the lookbook of how we're supposed to do this. And you're like, Oh, okay, great. You've got a lot to go on, you know? Right. It, it, it's so visually, and I, one of the things I love about the TVA, I, th I find the design work they have done to it visually appealing for my own personal aesthetic. And then you go into how layered and detailed they all are like, you know, a, a poster that flashes by in the background for two and a half seconds that, you know, Eric Voss on new rock stars has to pause so I can <laughs> I read it. Like, God bless that man. Like somebody <laughs> designed that. And yes. And it wasn't, Hey, look at what fun we had. No, it's, this is a vital part of building the reality that they're trying to build. Like, like the really deepening the sense of irreality that you feel as a viewer. What a um, word. That is so, but it's so tied to a reality that we know. Like it, the the touch points and the reference points are all there, except you know you click the camera over a couple of degrees, and there's that vista of Quantum City that's endless and inverted and whatever. Is that um, what it's called? I or think it's just... Quantum City. I don't Quantum City. Um, I don't know. I don't know from the comics. I I mean, is that is this? Do we know yet if this is the same? Is this the quantum realm we're in in the quantum mania? We still don't know yet, right? No, this isn't the quantum realm, but it is something that you did see in Ant-Man. That thing, that little... But I don't think they've confirmed that. There is that thing that people have... Uh, when he's shrinking down into the quantum realm in the first Ant-Man, there's like a, a little city off to the right. But I thought that was where they were implying is that where Jan that's where Janet was. I think that it is Kang's time zone. His time, his time, his time palace. Kang's time, time palace. palace. Take it, take it back to the beginning. That's called a callback, baby. Um, here's something I don't want to call this like a nitpick, but this is something that I am curious about, and that is uh, Sylvie. Um, you know her her motivation as a character last season was very specific was very clear she wanted to blow the whole thing up um she did like there's parts of me and so i'm not saying that like her motivation this this season isn't as clear but i don't i i think it is a little bit muddy from from my perspective i think clearly she enjoys her life and she doesn't want to see uh her life that she's established on one of these timelines she doesn't want to see that go away and she doesn't want to see millions of people die I get that. However, she did murder he who remains. <laughs> so she is ultimately responsible for this. So that's something that I don't think anyone is addressed yet. And I think they kind of did in the episode where they went to her and talked to her how she was responsible for that. But I, I don't know. There's something where I, I, I love the scene between the two of them and the, you put a scene in a pie room, baby, it works. You know what I mean? Right. That scene works really well. And I do think there's, but I, there's something I needed to know a little bit more about what, like what's pushing her from scene to scene. You know what I mean? There is some, I think it's part of a general sort of, and, and I think that's, it's on purpose. Um, a, a sort of a, a cockeyed approach to the antagonist protagonist relationship, a cockeyed approach to like, you have several instances where, you know, the enemy becomes the ally. Uh, 
you know, two enemies find each other, don't immediately begin fighting. Well, Loki, um, Loki was a, a villain who's now a good guy, basically. Right. And, and so I think that, uh, you know, it, it's. Yeah. And I, and I personally, I like that. I like because it's, you know, you not love every it. you love that ambiguity. World. Yeah, I do. And not every conflict in the real world results in, you know, people punching each other in the face. Uh, God, though, but, it should, though. It should, though, shouldn't it? I think yeah, it would just so, be much so, much easier. Easier. so much easier. So <laughs> much. Hey, uh, I need those. Uh, I need those reports. Well, you know what? I didn't have time to finish them. Pop. Yep. Oh, okay. Note taken. Thank you. Need a need <laughs> a big steak for your eye now. Uh, but a um, I think too we get to see that in timely. You know, we we know that he's a variant of the he who remains. He has the potential we've seen in him for villainy, but he goes out a hero uh in a very does unexpected he? question way. mark i i well i'm gonna i i still have an idea about that but yeah no oh, I, yeah does he okay yeah same let's go let's i keep uh well I, let's talk about this little just a little bit longer i i do think you know I, last night felt like a like a season finale almost you know where we were Absolutely. like the fact that this was like a cliffhanger sort of thing but i mean i guess we'll just talk about what my theory was right, right now um you know there's still still two more episodes left so, you know, even though it felt like a finale type of thing, I think what we are going to get, like, because everybody died, you know, like Renslayer, they took so many people off the table last night. They took Renslayer off the table. Like her coup ended very quickly. <laughs> like, yes, it was there and then it was gone. Miss Minutes is, is dead. Miss Minutes is, is powered down. Um, the all of Dox's people are dead. Uh, he who, uh, Victor Timely is dead, which, Sidebar real quick. I'll keep going here. I I texted you this last week. What did you think about Jonathan Major's performance in last week's episode as uh, Victor Timely? I thought last week was okay. This week was a little much. And I think I... I oh, really? I, I'll flip-flop it. <laughs> I, no, I, I just... I think it's the same problem I kind of have with Ezra Miller's portrayal of uh, awkward, geek, uh, like when people aren't actually really like that and try to push too far into it it just really it's not even that it doesn't connect with me it really turns me off and there was way too much of that for me in, the, in oh i thought that the last week i mean i appreciate the fact i mean clearly this guy whether or not he keeps playing this role or not which mm. we're gonna get more into that next month when he goes on trial but um yeah. uh i shouldn't go that he literally is um but they've already shot this stuff so but he clearly is trying to, you know, he's going to be playing a lot of different people. So he's got to try to differentiate them as much as possible. So I appreciate the fact that he is like trying. I thought last week I he was doing the two, almost to the point where I was like, spit it out, man. Just I, I'm right. <laughs> doing the like, well, not even like a stutter, just like, which, because I used to be a stutterer. So I very sympathize with stuttering. But there was a lot of just pausing and i was like oh man like just spit it out i thought he was better this week um i i, I have a problem when people try to portray a stutter uh because oh, don't it, get me started it, when it's as when a it, former stutterer i very much hate that well and like I, I feel like it's you know when you hear somebody dealing with an actual stutter it is a different thing like when the person trying to imitate it does it it feels almost like mockery regardless of how they do it there's no graceful way to do it and to me no. as a former stutterer it it comes 
it manifests itself. You know, we think stuttering, we think, and that is, that is possible too, but also it's blurring words together or not being able to get your mouth to like move, like put words together. That's why somebody, Joe Biden, who famously uh, overcame a stutter sometimes uses a like the wrong word and oftentimes that's seen in some short as trying to show some sort of like senility but he's i know what that's like it's sometimes you're you're trying to say something and your your mouth and your brain just aren't letting you do it so you got to come up with something else but actors tend to only just do the one like the one kind of verbal thing and it feels yeah i just you can you can impart a person's awkwardness or whatever that is without delving into a thing that is real yeah it's yeah, it's and, be grounded. And a, a condition you know yeah, like, it's got to be grounded and yeah so i thought he was better this week anyway so he's off the table too all these people have died and we've the bloom has exploded i feel like and we close we went in on his eyes so i feel like we're gonna do some sort of thing where I don't think anybody actually de- died. I think because the loom is exploded, I think people are going to be either on separate timelines or existing in space somewhere, like existing on a timeline. Cause there's all these, we have all these um, scenes from the trailer of Loki time jumping, like out in, out in the world, not just in the TVA. And I can't imagine for a trailer, they would use that effect and spend money to, and, you right. know, to grind those non-union, formerly non-union VFX people to the bone to make that. So I'm anticipating some sort of like, you know, maybe Loki's jumping around and, you know, but so there's, there's going to be, I don't think everybody who died this week and who went away is gone. That's all no, nobody's, nobody's dead. It, it, although I've, we've talked about this before that, you know, knowing that knowing in the real world what people's contracts are like or sort of knowing how narratives tend to work can sometimes spoil a character's death on screen because you're like well i know they're coming back for the sequel or i know they can't die in episode three or whatever there was so much tension that they built up in this episode that i could kind of ignore that for a little bit i think just killed renslayer um i do have a wackadoodle theory oh i I just just came into my head I want to, I want to hear it. I just want to say one thing real quick. Yeah. To me, it was like every, like looking back on it, I was like, well, yeah, that all happened very conveniently. And so that's why I, I'm going to dub next week's episode should be titled. Well, actually, <laughs> all right, <laughs> go ahead. What's your explain the episode? Um, oh my God. Uh, I think when I was watching this, you know, this week's episode and Kang goes out into the, the temporal radiation. Victor, Victor, Victor Timely. He is not is Kang. Immediately dissolved. That, that was, that was wholly shocking. That I yeah. was, that I was not anticipating in the slightest, but part of me leading up to it, because I know he does have that kind of villain thread in him. I was like, what if this is how Kang gets his powers? Cause we've seen Kang before with like abilities, not just like I have an Iron Man suit, but like something inside of him. And I thought to myself, oh, what if he out jumping out into the time stream with this machine? It's like, oh, I've imbued myself with these powers. But then this thinking is, this more is about how it, Kang gets into every timeline. This is how the, this is how it starts. This is how the variants. This is how you you split him into a, an infinite number of pieces, and he split his temporal he did, aura. He did was like it has to be me. 
it has to be me to go down there. And so, Ooh, is that, like, that's not a wackadoodle theory, baby. They've done time. all of these circle closings, all of these grandfather paradox things, all of these. Well, actually, the, well, actually, oh. uh, the whole thing is set into motion by Renslayer putting that book in the room or whatever that that he know either he knows or inadvertently uh, does this thing that is actually the inciting incident. So now you have infinite variant Kangs who have powers because they've been injected literally directly into the time stream. I, I like this. I think this is, I think that's a very, very good theory. I don't ever want to write the show. Uh, they say that a lot on the Ringerverse is like, don't write the show. The show is the show. But in, positing theories is totally fine. I think that's, a, I think that's could very well be what's happening. Although also, it could also not happen at all. It's Sinestro. <laughs> it's Mephisto. Oh, Mephisto. Yeah, Mephisto, that's who I meant. Dang. It's I'm, I'm rusty. I am so. I we took just a week say, off. It's my. It's my fault. You know. I, I blame. I blame COVID. I blame COVID too. Not you, but COVID. The terrible, terrible disease. It is a terrible disease. Um, I wrote this in the show notes, and then as I was reading that recap, I forgot about the scene in which Loki, um, prunes himself. Because I wrote, "What do we think Loki's arc of the season is so far? And is this no longer his show?" I do think that's a valid question. The first one. But the, the, I mean, the second one, but the first one, I do think like that him realizing that when he saw him realizing what was going on and where he was and that he had to prune himself in order to, that was basically him like being all in. Like that was his thing. And like, this is what I am doing. I am committed to saving the TVA for whatever reason. This is, this is what I'm doing. And that's why, that's what his motivation is now. And that solved it for me because I forgot about that scene. It's it's nice. I, I mean, we talked last, you know, last episode about, you know, his overall arc, not just in this series, but, you know, since Thor in 2009 or whatever. Yeah, uh, that and it, that continues, you know, that as as much as to me, the first season was about Loki figuring out who he is and what he is and, you know, forging his own destiny. This is deepening that so much more. And like, you know, he's made the better choice he has this power and he goes well i've got to use it for something not just for me because there's value yeah. in that and he find, and by the way he finds that lesson again we already saw him do it once this is a different variant than the one who sacrifices himself uh, you know fighting alongside thor but he yeah, finds his way his path to the to the light again they found a way to kind of show that there is something within oh excuse me Within this character, there's something in him that will lead him back to ultimately do fight along the side of good. And, you know, like how he ends up in Ragnarok, going all the way back to the Rainbow Bridge to take on his sister with his brother. That's a, that's the plot of that movie. Um, Who, and, hey, but, look, if he's the trickster guy. He plays tricks on people. And, like, literally, trickster. if everybody's Mixel, dead, who, who do you Mixelplex play tricks on if everybody's <laughs> gone? Mixeltrix. Um <laughs> but the fact that this isn't that Loki, this is a different Loki. This is Avengers Loki, but that Loki is still capable of a same level of kind of redemptive arc is, you know, just a testament. They've kind of brought that character to the same place. So once this, if they decide to do a season three or whatever, how this show ends, they can now plop this Loki into whatever plot line they want to. Although I read somewhere, there's a rumor that Thor five might actually be happening. Um, right. Without Taika Waititi. Without Taika Waititi, which 
I don't know how I feel about that. It might be time to give it to somebody else, but uh, you know, I think they can extract what worked from his thing into yeah. whatever's to come. I think you can still keep it. I think you stick to Ragnarok. I don't know. I read a bunch of different stuff. I was going to maybe put it in the show notes, but it was a lot of like, I heard, I heard conjecture stuff, but like, I do think one thing that is known is that the Thor 11 Thunder original cut was four hours long. I would like and to there see was, that. And there was a whole other storyline with um, uh, Thor and Zeus. And it was a more of like a, like a father son type of thing, like Zeus feeling like a, a father role now that his father, that Thor's father is gone and like actually teaches him how to use the lightning bolt. And so that whole thing changed. And so I don't know, but I do think for Thor five, let's just make Chris Hemsworth and Brett Gelman as Hercules fight it out. I don't care. Let's go. Goldstein. What did I say? Gelman. That's a different yeah. guy. I know Goldstein, <laughs> Brett Gelman, also funny. Put Brett Gelman in the movie too. I picture Brett Gilman in like the loin. That'd be tough. Stuff. I wouldn't want to put him through that. Goldstein has done the work to like, to look like Hercules. <laughs> you know, Roy Kent looks like Hercules. Brett Gilman would have to really hit the gym <laughs> for that to, to go down. Actually. I don't know. I haven't seen, I haven't seen him with a shirt off. Maybe. I think Gilman hits the gym and I think Gilman's probably. He's probably got some, something Herculean going oh, on. I'm under sure the shirt. he's and like, I'm, I'm not, not no saying joke. he's like a schlub. I'm sure. He, I'm sure he's active. To me, it was more the presence of Brett Gelman as Hercules. Much different. <laughs> Much different. Yeah, tonally, a lot different. Guys, what are we doing here on Olympus, Scott? You know, that guy. <laughs> he doesn't, his, like, quick bit in uh, uh, The Other Guys is one of my all-time favorite things ever. Oh, yeah. He plays Marky Mark's ex, no, uh, Will Ferrell's ex-girlfriend, whose name is Christina, <laughs> which, <laughs> that alone is hysterical. That's great. But then, they go to Christina's house to like interview and Brett Gelman plays her new husband. And it's just, it's fantastic. They're like having this interview and he comes in with Arnold Palmer's and he goes like, we, we, Arnold Palmy alert, Arnold Palmy alert. <laughs> we want some Arnold Palmies. And at one point, like uh, Will Ferrell's off with, uh, <laughs> with Christina and he turns to Mark Wahlberg. And he's like, a lot of people think that because I'm hairy on my beard that I'm hairy down there. But, shaved and then mark Wahlberg <laughs> just goes hey like it's re it's really funny anyway i gotta watch that movie i gotta rewatch that movie it's a good one or i gotta let i gotta let somebody know what is happening we already mentioned the app i uh, will mention it again though we'll we will. mention it again because and the app is of course instacart <laughs> where you can get all of your shopping food uh, all your shopping a, food and your non-shopping food. Machine. It'll come yeah. to you when you And it'll drive that. around. It'll drive around and come get you. We have, of course, been the fan control, the control app. Let's get it. Fan controlled racing happening next week in Phoenix. Alex, is this Star Trek or Star Wars? This is Star Trek. And I yep, and, still. and delightfully mm -hmm. so, I think. It really, uh, God, it's just so artfully done where it's artfully done. I, I, I Yep, I keep thinking of that mo that tile mosaic with the triptych of the Time Masters like fighting the Time War that Victor Timely looks up at, and I don't know i i want to I want to stare up at that thing for an hour too. It's cool. It is cool. All those Kangs riding surfboards. Look at the one on the far right left. It does look like one of those Kangs is riding a surfboard. It's a Kang um, thing, baby. It's a Kang thing. Yeah, I I do think this is this is Star Trek. This is this is their. This the sets look like 60s style. At some point, Kirk could walk in at any given point, at any point in the show. We could just see 1960s William Shatner and 
I'll tell you something, Kevin Feige, do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Kevin. Who's the big winner of the episode? You know, I, I, I I've been thinking about it, and I don't know. The you know, I'm gonna say the uh, the art the art direction team. Ooh, good one. Uh, just far and away, winners of the season. Uh, you know, there I I don't I can't remember the last time we've seen something in Marvel that was like this compelling visually in that sense you know not not necessarily from how it's shot but what's in the shot and how carefully people have organized every aspect of what's in that frame like yeah really 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 well done and a joy and part of part of the real joy of watching it i think uh i'm gonna agree i think that's definitely the big winner i just think there's as i said earlier when we're in the tva it always is working for some reason i think it that is because the world is so tactile and so specific and so like so tonally specific it just everything it just it adds so much to what they're trying to do with character and plot it's yes big winner uh big loser same week as it is every week we are the day one boat stand kings and there we just consistently don't put sam wilson's boat in mcu content and it's frankly disgusting at this point I'll say this one caveat, though, that in an episode where, you know, ostensibly everybody that we've been following so far has just been wiped out. Obviously, we've been talking about remains to be seen what comes back next episode. But I think that this is maybe better than us getting Sam Wilson's boat only to see it just kind of callously wiped out for a for a, a ha ha. So That's I think true. I think I will agree with you in the tradition the oath that we have taken as the day one boat stand kings yes thank you but i will i will say that you know maybe this is one instance where um you know a little bit of of restraint was the better part of valor you know i'll give you that as just to play devil's advocate but still just put the damn boat in the damn thing let's go i want to say a coward, that. kevin i know you're watching i want to say that I want to show off another one of these um, uh, little tickers I put because we are the day one boat stand kings, but we also have been since the beginning been plugging yes. this, been plugging this cast Tamura Morrison as live action Omega. Do it, do it, Kathleen Kennedy. We need to see Omega is a a clone of um, Django Fett. Therefore, it should be played by Tamura Morrison. Period. You, end of story. You do know it. he's got the chops for it, Kathleen. You know we can do it. You know we can do it. You're, She's watching. She's definitely watching. Let Kathleen, her know. definitely page me. Page me. <laughs> Pager. Do we have another ad read from uh, this uh, from the uh, the shelter? It's Sandy's pet rescue, and uh, yeah, they, you know they they find homes for every forever homes for every animal, and you know some of the animals that are up for adoption. We have Captain Carlos. He's a gorgeous oh. banded macaw. He's about 30, but that's middle age for a bird of his species. They live a long time, birds do. He loves activities that enrich his intellect. Uh, we have Murphy. He's a clownfish whose owner had to surrender him. Murphy is gorgeous and loves to sleep in coral. Uh, and then we have Brian Kyle. Brian's dreams of becoming a receptionist at a gym may have been dashed by his inability to breathe with his eyes closed, but he's so sweet. And the right home could really help him live out his final 60 or 70 years in peace <laughs> and comfort. The Sandy's Animal Rescue. And, the, and the, he's available now. He's available now. Yes. <laughs> he can't close his eyes and breathe. 
Oh man, this is an interesting animal rescue. I mean, are the humans at this rescue, are they kept in those little kind of glass enclosures or are they allowed to get out and run around a little bit? It, it, both. It's a hybrid system. They sleep in pens at night, but during the day they're allowed to roam uh, an open area and, you know, just spray Axe body spray and <laughs> uh, read their text messages out loud. Yeah, just only take calls via uh, speaker. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Uh, and, and then when they're allowed to drive, too, they also roll the windows down and take their calls through the speakers of the car, too. And they all smoke cigarettes. <laughs> I would just say jewels. <laughs> the J the J U U Ls, not the jewels. Um, Alex, you know what time it is now? Let's do it, baby. Ready? Here it is. I think I started it again. It started again. There, there we go. Nope, I started. Nope. Now we're done. Got it. Okay, we done. That's a great piece of music, man. I, I, it I, is. It's hard not it. to just like get all sucked into that. Are you ready for the game? Let's have at it. All right, just waiting for my Google Docs to load. I already have it up. The tab. You know that does that thing now. Google like if your tab, if you're not in the tab, it like quiets the tab and then it's got to reload. Okay. On this week's episode of Loki, we heard a lot about something called a loom, the temporal loom. And it got me thinking, you know what rhymes with loom? That's right, Jeff Goldblum. So it's time for another <laughs> So it's time for another round of Jeff Goldblum's Got Jokes. The concept mm -hmm. is simple. Super simple concept. If Jeff Goldblum did stand up, all he would do would just do puns centered around his name. For example, <clears throat> what do you call a Jeff Goldblum moving really fast? A uh, Jeff Gold, a Jeff Gold Zoom. Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready to play. All right. I'm going to do these in a Jeff Goldblum voice. Are you ready? All right. <laughs> Ow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What uh, do you call? A sad, uh huh, Jeff Goldblum. Uh huh. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Jeff Gold Gloom. Ah, dang it. It's what? Right number two. Number two. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh -huh. What? Yeah. Do you get, uh huh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you cross a Jeff Goldblum with a Roomba. A Jeff Gold vacuum. Oh, that's pretty good. But it's uh, we also would have accepted a Jeff Gold broom. Oh, okay. Yeah. You ready for the next one? Let's do it. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you get? <laughs> yeah. When you cross uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. <laughs> With a location often seen. Yeah. <laughs> in Indiana Jones movies. Uh, what would Jeff, you get when you cross Jeff ahead. Gold Temple of Doom? Oh my God, you're killing this, but that's not right. But I love that one too. I was going to go with a Jeff Gold Tomb. <laughs> that's better. Brevity's the soul of wit, man. That's better. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna read these because I Jeff Goldblum. It's hard to get the joke. 
My Jeff Goldblum's great, but I look at me. My Jeff Goldblum's great. Are you ready for the next one? It is. Yeah. Let's what do, do you it. call what do you call a book penned by Jeff Goldblum? I have to change it now because they're now gonna start getting kind of crazy. When do you call a book penned by Jeff Goldblum but released under his pseudonym Frank Moldstoom? Uh that'd be a Jeff Gold nom de plume. Oh, very close. A Jeff nom de bloom. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. I got to get serious. Good. I, gotta, yes, yeah, I, no. I love that you got nom de plume. I thought you would not get that one. <laughs> I knew it was nom de plume from the minute you said he's writing a book. Emma. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. I got I to gotta breathe this next one. What do you call a Jeff Goldblum who opens up a Jeff Gold tomb? A Jeff Gold tomb raider? Oh, it's a Jeff Gold exhume. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is like the dumbest. This is the dumbest that we've ever been. This and you're, it's all thanks to uh, me. I just, I just, <laughs> just want to say this is all thanks to me. This is uh, how dumb we're getting. And thank you, and thank you, and thank you. All okay. right, you ready for the last one? Let's let's do it. What do you call a Jeff Goldblum in the springtime? A, Je a Jeff Gold Super Bloom? No, just Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I outthought myself on that one. I know. It's just Jeff Goldblum. That's all. But it's spelled B-L-O-O-M. It's not Bloom, like B-L-U-M. It's Bloom, not Bloom. Yeah. By the way, you know what he's been doing since uh, the, the acting strike and the what? writer strike? He's been doing more touring with his band. <laughs> oh, good. If you've not seen Jeff Goldblum perform, imagine it's exactly as what you would think it would be. He's apparent. I've, I've not seen it, but my writing partner has. He apparently is just constantly looking out at the audience and kind of going like, can you believe this? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Can yes. you believe like me? Me? I'm playing piano right now. What? Like, oh. <laughs> you're, you're watching me? Oh, my. Uh, yeah. Look at this. Wow. <laughs> Wild. <laughs> Wild. Yeah. <laughs> from from everything I've seen, too, if you're a woman and you go see the show and ask to take a picture with him afterwards, he will take one with you with his hands very gently around your neck. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, crap. I don't know if I can recover from this. Let's go to the uh, We're almost done here. We got to do our Hoopla recommendations, which I believe neither one of us is going to recommend something off of Hoopla. No. But what we normally do is we Hoopla is you can go, you can enter it on your, you, it's an app. You can get it. You can go to the, the uh, web version. You put in your library card. You can check out comic books. You already told me you're not going to recommend it. And I'm not going to recommend one either. So what, just, these are just going to be. Kenny and Alex recommendations for the week. Go ahead, Alex. What's your recommendation? Uh, my first one is to download Hoopla, support your local library. Yes. Uh, but my recommendation is outside of that because it is so heavy, heavy duty in the genre space that we appreciate. And it's uh, Scavenger's Reign uh, on yes, I have not started on it, Max. It's amazing. It is incredible science fiction. It is mind sci-fi, body sci-fi. It's it's thinky it's actiony it the animation style is so distinct and brilliant and at the same time it's super precise it's very highly stylized and a little kind of bouncy uh i don't know it's got so much going for it uh highly highly recommend i think it's the kind of genre offering that we should all try and get behind because it's 
great and it means they'll make more great stuff. I love that. I love that. I'm going to check it out. I just added it to my list last night. I've just today is the first day. I, I mean, I've tested negative on Tuesday and then tested positive. Very, 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 very faint. You did. I had to take a picture of it and zoom in to see that there was still a little bit of a line Ugh. yesterday, but finally negative today. So I can actually like be out and like we can actually, my wife and I hugged for the first time in 10 days, but, um, uh, I, while ho hold up in isolation, went down a anime rabbit hole, baby. I got myself some crunchy roll and I, we, we did a famous episode on this show on Knights of the Zodiac Ooh. and the movie. I have gone hard on the original television show and it's available on Crunchyroll. This is from like 1987. It is called Saint Seiya Knights of the Zodiac. It is absolutely wonderful. Like it is everything you want from like an 80s cartoon. It is like, uh, there's like, sick guitar licks at like every like when somebody like takes out their sword and it's like in slow motion and and there's like a lot of like like the soundtrack is impeccable like it sounds like it could be a porno it it's just and all the fighting is all it looks like you're watching like a like a like a, a double dragon 2 video game it's just so 80s wonderful and i've just been pouring through it and i absolutely love it and i'm like a full knights of the zodiac head now i love it the first like seven episodes is just like this <laughs> massive like fight like all of the knights are fighting to get the the golden cloth and uh, it's just like one episode is this person fighting this person. And it's an entire episode. <laughs> yeah, that's rad. It's 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 pretty wonderful. I love it. It's great. Uh, that's my recommendation. Um, Alex, do we have one final read from our friends at the uh, the rescue? Sandy's pet rescue. They find every kind of animal of forever home, including the following. They have Gibby, a donkey who escaped an urban farm. Oh. Gibby, Gibby would love a big yard. Um, Pele is a reticulated millipede and oh, he's very, very exotic. So we, they will require a home visit before he will be placed with you. And then lastly, we have Ricky Rudolph Jr. He's one of our tougher cases and it's gotten worse since he got his cell phone back. Proper guidance can help him onto a better path. He wants you to know that if you take <laughs> him home, he quote, won't do stolen valor no more. <laughs> RRJ, baby. Yeah. RRJ Jr. Ricky Rudolph. He's a scam. R -R He's a lovable scamp, our Ricky Rudolph Jr. Yeah. He got a hold He's of a camo shirt one time. He likes to tell people at the store that he he served in Iran. And they say, What? He took the sleeves off too. Well, he's got to show off his army tattoo. He wears a Marines camo shirt and then it has an army tattoo. He's got he's he's troubled. He needs help. He needs a forever home. He needs a forever home. He really does. You know who does need a forever home? Our dogs. Alex, what did your dog think of uh Loki episode four? Yeah, I you know what? At a certain point, Lupo looked at me and he said, Man, I I bet if I could see this in color, it would just blow my ever-loving mind. <laughs> yeah, for whatever when you watch Werewolf by Night in color, it's just gonna look the same to him. He's he's gonna be like, Oh, great, thanks.
we're watching this again? Why are we watching this again? And you're like, well, it's in color. And he's like, I'll be How in the car. You. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I watched this last night in my bedroom because, you know, we had read that if you have a CPAP machine, you're basically just like blowing your COVID all over the room because it's all oh, forced no. air. That's something you need to, yes, a mm. nurse told me that. Um, so, but, uh, my last night in the room, I watched it in the bedroom, the dog was sleeping outside. So she, she was, you know, she had was nowhere near this. So I'm assuming she's still all out on Loki. Probably. It sounds like her. It does sound like her. Alex, we did it. Another great show in the Once books. again, in the just books. Crushing. We just, I've just checked and we, it, Twitch is decimated. We just destroyed the whole platform with this show. And I'm, I'm, I'm not mad about it. Jeff is standing in the rubble of his once great streaming empire saying what happened. And the answer is fan controlled fandom fandom. Boom. Uh, where can the folks find you besides at Duke midnight above? Uh, that's just do that. That, and you, if you look there, I'm sure some, I'm on blue sky. I'm on, yeah, I got you on that. I got you on that this week, baby. Get that hot referral code. I do this bit where I, I pretend that it's an app for making reservations at Yamashiro and it's really cool. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, you can find me at, at Kenny J. Steven, Kenny J. Don't go to that one. Go to Kenny no. G. Stevenson. G. Uh, I am on TikTok and Twitch. Is that I'm, I'm, in the process of navigating my threads and IG to that, but I am on blue sky as well. Kenny G Stevenson dot B S K Y dot social there. They're hopefully they'll streamline that, but I, I am very active on that website. I like it a lot. Um, and, but, and of course the G in Kenny G Stevenson stands for value. It's <laughs> that it does that it does. Uh, you can find us here every week uh, every uh, Friday at noon PST. Uh, 3 p.m. EST, 8 p.m. in London, uh, 9 p.m. in Greece. We're you know we're we're here. We're broadcasting every week. Uh, make sure you download the control fan controlled app and get voting. Get in those polls. There's going to be a race next week. Fan controlled racing NASCAR in Phoenix, November 4th. Get this is the time. If you're wondering when is the time to get involved with fan controlled sports, I just checked the clock and it's right now. It's, you know, there's an old Chinese proverb, if I may, that says the Please. best time to get the fan controlled fandom app was 20 years ago, but the second <laughs> best time is right now. And I think I that love, we should all take that to heart. I love that old proverb, but thank you so much for watching. I got to figure out which one we have to come out with. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>